It's a privilege to be able to share with you this morning. Um, when we began the series two weeks ago, Pastor Nicole kicked off the series, and um, Barb had done a video, had it shared how that an illness that she had experienced had been connected specifically with a series of unforgivenesses in her heart. And if you haven't seen that, not just so you can listen to my wife, but that whole uh, sermon, you need to podcast that and listen to that because I really believe that it will speak to you. And uh, following my message this morning, uh, Elise, is, Elise, where are you? Where are you? Okay. Uh, God had given her a word to share with us today, and I think it's a very timely and appropriate word. And when I finish with my message, I'm going to ask her to come and share that. And thank you for holding on to that till after the service. It's kind of neat how that God works. And I, I remember uh, one specific time that God had given me a, a strong word for the church when I was pastoring. And it was three months before I was able to share that word. Because it was for a specific time, specific purpose, specific reason. And every Sunday I would say, okay, this is the Sunday, this is the Sunday. And God said, no, not today. Three months later. I was preaching a message, and the Holy Spirit said, share that word. So what God has given to Elise is going to be just as strong when I finish. In fact, you'll see how that ties together with the ending of my message. But we're speaking on forgiveness today, and you might say, so when do I get to experience forgiveness? Well, it starts at an early age. And whether you're in school or whether you've been in college there's all forms of forgiveness that we experience. And I found that you can experience forgiveness with your teachers, with your workers, with your bosses. You can experience practicing forgiveness with your mother-in-law, with your wife, with your children. And if you've been in ministry long enough, Barbara and I can attest to this, that when you are in ministry, and Pastor Steve has been in it probably as long or close to as long as I have, you will know if you're in full-time ministry, if you don't practice forgiveness, you will go bonkers. Because you are around church people, and you are around board members, and you are around people who specifically when they sit across from you at your desk, and none of these relate to my 15 years here, but so angry, so angry, and they, he looks me in the eye and says, you have the personality of a tomato. Now, I don't know what chapter and verse he got that from. And you have people will come up to you and, and very sincerely, but sincerely evil, say to me, to my face, I believe that God has called me here to get rid of you. Serious. God has called me here. So in ministry, if you haven't learned how to practice forgiveness, you will, you will fry. That's just the way it is. So this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to give you some practical tips and thoughts and a backstory, but specifically, seven signs of unforgiveness. And what I've asked today, and I prayed for this week, that the Holy Spirit would quicken our hearts, because when I go through those seven signs of unforgiveness, 
I don't have time to unpack each one of those. So as I say them to you, you're going to just have to say, God, if this applies to me, then, then help me fix it. We're going to be talking about the consequences of unforgiveness, the blessings of forgiveness. And so I want to start off, there's a, uh, a verse in, Matthew, in uh, Mark that I want us to start with this morning because these are the words of Jesus. So if we could get, get that up on the screen, this is what he says. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. See, forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness is not something that we can say, well, I will, or maybe I won't. I believe it's a command. It's an implied command that if we want God to work fully in our lives, we have to learn how to forgive. The backstory of this, in fact, Quint kind of gave you my, my topic of what I'm speaking on this morning when he talked about the unforgiving servant. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 25 is a story, and I, I, will, I will encapsulate it and bring in it kind of in a paraphrase, but here it is. There was a king who had a servant that owed him a lot of money, 10,000 talents. If you were to put that in today's economy, depending on what order you are searching or what commentary you are reading, it would come out in today's economy between nine and $12 million. That's what he owed. And the king said, I want you to pay your debt. And the servant said, I don't have any money. So the king had ordered that he would be sold his wife would be sold, his kids would be sold, and everything that he had would be sold in order to try to pay the debt. Well, the servant immediately knelt down, he began to worship the king, and he said, have mercy on me because I can't pay my debt. Now, the king had a heart of compassion, he listened to his story, and he said, I forgive you your debt. So the servant gets up. He's happy. $12 million has been forgiven. And he walks out, and down the road, he finds this fellow servant that owes him some money. He owes him about 100 denarii, which would be, in modern-day economy, about $8,000. Now, don't get hung up on the amounts, but focus on the difference between 12 million and 8,000. So his fellow servant said, I don't have it. And the servant grabbed him by the neck. He was choking him and said, I demand that you pay me. And the fellow servant said, I don't have the money. And so he took him and threw him in prison because he couldn't pay him. The king got wind of this. It got back to him. 
So he calls his fellow servant in again, and he says, I hear that you did not forgive this servant because he owed you some money, and yet I forgave you. Is that true? Yes. The king said, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to give you back to the jailers, and they will torture you until you can come up with the money. And that was a common tactic back in those days that if you owed people, they would torture you until somehow you found out how to pay the debt. But the king was saying, I have forgiven you your debt, but you cannot forgive someone who owes you. Friends, my question this morning to us is this. Are we the unforgiving servant? Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And we owed a debt that we could not pay. And he forgave us that debt. He forgave us of our sins, our iniquities, our wrongdoings, our failures, our past. He has forgiven us. But we find it hard to forgive our aunt, our uncle, our teacher, our mother-in-law, our brother, our church family, no matter what category we fall into, we just can't seem to do it. Because here's what I found out. In the culture that we live in today, words mean very little. We live in a culture today where we don't always say what we mean, And we certainly don't believe that people necessarily mean what they say. But when you look at Scripture, Jesus Christ lives and operates at a level of truth and integrity that is higher than our society. So I want us this morning to look at some things that Jesus said about forgiveness. And he started off when the disciples said, will you teach us to pray? And in that Lord's prayer, he put in that line, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And it's almost a continuous, it's a fluid concept that God forgive me as I am while I am, I am in the process of forgiving others, forgive me. So let's look, I've got two or three more scriptures here, just very quickly, let's look at what Jesus has to say about forgiveness. Matthew six fourteen and 15, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's take a look at the next uh, verse that I have up here. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Jesus said what he meant, and he meant what he said. 
And when it comes to the debt of others and the forgiveness of others, Jesus, in our real talk, Jesus is saying, let it go. Let it go. Can you say that with me? Let it go. One more time. Let it go. He meant what he said, and he said what he meant. The things that I have found that's interesting is we have inconsistent thinking that we can be reconciled to God and yet be unreconciled to our family and friends. In other words, if I have a vertical relationship with God, then everything is okay, and it doesn't matter how I act or behave on a horizontal relationship. It doesn't work that way. We honestly cannot have a healthy vertical relationship with God and still have unforgiveness in our hearts against those on the, on the horizontal relationship. It just doesn't work. Because here's the thing. Our human nature is inclined to resent rather than release. That's our human nature. We are inclined to resent rather than release. So it puzzles me, and you say, well, Pastor Don, you're not perfect, right? No, I'm not perfect. But I really believe that before God, I can stand here and say to you, I do not know, and I've asked God to, to give me a check this week, and I've asked him to reveal, and I'm honestly before you this morning saying that I do not know that there's anyone that I have never forgiven. And there are people that I have forgiven that doesn't know I've forgiven them. Because it just had to happen. And there, I, hopefully I don't raise more questions than I can give you answers today. Because I, I can kind of a little bit, I'm not psychic, but I can kind of read your minds. Because you're saying, well, I will forgive if they will admit they're wrong. I will forgive if they will apologize. Mm -mm. I just read four verses for you this morning, and nowhere in there did Jesus say that forgive men if they apologize and if they will admit they are wrong. And so in our human understanding, we think, that And I will use Pastor Steve. He's right here close to me. I think that I'm going to go to Pastor Steve, and I'm going to tell him what he has done to offend me and why I think it's wrong. Then he's going to tell me why he thinks it's right. And we're going to have this negative dialogue as to why it's right and why it's wrong. And we walk away, and nothing's been resolved. So there are a lot of people... In fact, that person that said I had the personality of a tomato. I forgave him. And he will never know that I've forgiven him. That person that said that God put him in the church to get rid of me. I had to forgive him. And he will never know 
that I have forgiven him. So we can't put these conditions in place when it comes to forgiveness. We have been forgiven. And we find it hard to forgive. So how can we receive forgiveness and yet find it hard to give forgiveness? Because I have been on that end of the spectrum that I will forgive that person if they will just admit they were a jerk. I will forgive that person if they will just admit that at that moment in time, Satan was speaking through them. <laughs> Give me some kind of feedback here, and I'm okay with it. But I got to tell you, in 40 plus years of ministry, there's a lot of times I've had to forgive. I won't go back into it, but I did have a couple of the fellas ask me after Barbara did her, her video, and specifically on some of the things that she shared, I had a couple of the guys say, well, how did you handle that? How did that affect you? And I won't go into detail this morning, but I have to tell you that Barbara and I both prayed over that situation and asked God to get a hold of that man and move in his life and that he would come to Jesus Christ. So even as a husband, I had to forgive. See, now I'm reading your mind again. You're saying, but Pastor Don, it all sounds good, and I want to forgive, but I can't. Uh -uh. It's not that you can't, it's you won't. That's the bottom line. Because here's the thing. For God to ask us to do something that we cannot do would be unfair. God will never ask us to do something that we cannot do. We have the ability to do it. We have the capability to do it. But we just won't. So if you've been telling yourself that, you've been telling yourself a lie. You have been trying to convince yourself that I won't ask forgiveness because I just don't have the ability to ask for forgiveness. So I want to share with you this morning seven warning signs of unforgiveness. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, and I didn't pick the number seven because seven's a perfect number. It's just seven, okay? So there's nothing deep spiritual about number seven here. It's just seven things. And I don't have the time to go into what all of these mean. But I do want to share them with you today. If there are persistent anger issues. Now, what I call this symptomatic because there's a difference between a symptom and a root. I've been doing a lot of weeding in my yard this week. And those weeds, they were horrible. But I found out that if I didn't get them by the root, they're going to come right back up. So it's the root that we're after. And what I'm sharing with you is if you have experienced persistent anger issues, you may not have thought about it. And this is the time when we've asked the Holy Spirit to show and reveal to us 
what the root of that is. Because the anger that you are exhibiting is not the root of your problem. It's just the symptom of your problem. Could be unforgiveness. We're blaming others for our problems. It was the teacher's fault. It was the parent's fault. It was his fault, her fault, their fault. In fact, we are still blaming people who are dead. They are dead. They are buried. They are mummified. And we're still blaming them for where we are today. Long gone. I wish I'm going to take time. Restaurants don't close all day, so relax, all right? And if you wasn't brave enough to get out on the golf course this morning, you're just going to have to wait till this afternoon. Very quickly, I'll make it quick. But I, 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 I hadn't planned this, but I feel like I need to share it. My stepfather, who had never knew how to be a father to me, we were pastoring in 1981, and I got word that he was in the hospital, and he was in ICU. By the time I drove to the hospital, he had passed away. I got there 15 minutes after he had passed away. And the nurse said, would you like to spend time with your dad? So they allowed me to go into the room. And I stood there, and dad was laying on the gurney, and I began to talk to him. And I said, Dad, I wish things could have been different. I wished you would have been more interested when I was playing sports, that you would have asked me how many points did you score and did you get a hit and how many people did you strike out. I wish that you would have played catch with me when I was 10 years old and starting baseball. And I, I just was, I, I wished, I wished, I wished that it never happened. But then I said, Dad, I forgive you. He was dead. He couldn't respond. But I needed that closure, and I needed the clarity, and the, the anger and the resentment that I had built up inside of me because he had, was unable to meet my expectations. I had to let it go. Break the chain. Had to let it go. And I said, Dad, I forgive you. And when I said that, there was such a relief came over me. And I can't tell you how I felt when I left that room. A weight had been lifted because I had learned to let it go. And my heart is heavy and beats for you in this sanctuary today if you are still holding on to grudges and resentment and bitterness and retaliation, those are chains that are holding you down. And retaliation serves no purpose. You know the example of retaliation? If you get bit by a dog and you bite him back, <laughs> the only thing you get is a mouthful of hair. That's it. No satisfaction, no pleasure, just a mouthful of hair. That's retaliation. 
And, and folks, we are old enough, and whether you are a new Christian or whether you've been a, a believer for a long number of years, these are things that we need to understand. That if we want to allow God to do great things in our life, we've got to practice this forgiveness thing. So, moody or frequently depressed. Moody or fre frequently depressed. And, and we may have lived in that for so long, we don't even realize what the root of that is. Could be unforgiveness. Suppressing feelings, superficial relationships, withdrawing from others. Suppression is a great tool the enemy uses because if he can keep you suppressing your feelings, you will never get over them. They will be a part of your DNA for the rest of your life. Being sarcastic in your communication could be a sign of unforgiveness. Gossiping to others about the offender is a, a big sign a red flag. If you are still gossiping to other people about those who have offended you, you have never experienced giving forgiveness. Or wallowing in self-pity, feeling victimized. Poor me. I've been victimized. Barbara and I were first married. We were in college, and, and, and I'll, I'll condense this down, but I, I want to get to the point of this. We had a friend that his father owned an automobile, deal, uh, automobile dealership, and we got a brand new Plymouth Duster. Noah, you never heard of a Plymouth Duster. I might as well have said a Model T for all your concern. It was a Plymouth Duster. Four on the floor. And Barbara had never driven a stick shift. So in my graciousness and loving kindness, I took her out in the parking lot of Central Bible College in the back roads of Springfield and taught her how to drive a stick shift. She didn't know there was such thing as a clutch. She was only used to an accelerator and a brake. And now there's a clutch. And try as she may, on those first few starts, I'm sitting in the passenger seat, and it's dashboard seat, dashboard seat, dashboard seat. Whoo! So I had to forgive her in first gear. I had to forgive her in second gear. Third gear and reverse. Had to forgive. We came back to Indiana, and my cousin contacted me, and he said, Don, I want to get a car, but I need a cosigner. Now, I didn't get this old by being stupid, but when I was that age, I was stupid. And if you are cosigners, we'll leave it at that. I co-signed for his car. About six months later, I get a call from the bank saying, you owe money for the car. What had happened at that time, back in those days, you could option if you had insurance. So he dropped the insurance on his car, 
because he didn't want to have to pay it. And then he wrapped his car around a telephone pole. I had to pay it. So what did we have to do? We had to get rid of our Plymouth Duster and buy an older car so I could pay off his car. He had a debt he could not pay. We tried garnishing his wages. That didn't work. We tried contacting him. He never once said, Don, you know, I feel so bad about this. It was my fault. I'm guilty. Can I just give you $25 a month? Just something to go toward paying what you're owing. Never, never approached. And can I tell you this? There was a point in my life, not right away, because the anger was there, the resentment was there, the retaliation was there. But I can say before God, there's a point in my life that I had to forgive him. I had to forgive him. I couldn't hold it in. See, when we talk about forgiveness, and we want to wallow in self-pity, and we want to feel victimized, that does us no good. So what are the consequences? As Pastor Nicole mentioned earlier and Barb mentioned in her video, not always, and Pastor Nicole emphasized that last week, not always, but in many cases of disease and mental illness are tied to unforgiveness. It's been studied, it's been proven that, that it has that kind of effect, but not in every case. So last night, if you've had a heartburn and you can't get your breath, and you're thinking, oh, God, it's unforgiveness. It's unforgiveness. Probably not. It was probably those five pieces of pizza and the hot fudge sundae is probably what's giving you heartburn and causing you to be unable to breathe. But there are certain areas where it is attached. And here's the thing, and at least here's the word that you're going to share with us in a moment. Unforgiveness keeps us chained to our past history and prevents us from reaching our future destiny. If you have had difficulty giving forgiveness, you have been chained to your past history. And you have not been able to move forward to be all that God wants you to be for your destiny. You become imprisoned, you become chained, you become bound, you become held up. Consequences. The blessings of forgiveness. Forgiveness breaks those chains of anger and bitterness. And forgiveness frees the forgiver. Listen closely. Forgiveness is not about the offender. Forgiveness is about you. We have to understand that. Forgiveness is always about you. Something that between us and God that we have to experience. I think that there are times, just my thought, there are times that God allows other people to offend us just to see if we will show the same mercy to others that God has shown to us. It's a powerful, powerful concept, this thing, forgiveness. And I really believe that in these three weeks that we've been sharing with you, 
I believe that today, not that something hasn't happened last Sunday or Sunday before last, but I've been praying this week and asking God, God, let this be the day that there will not be one person in this sanctuary will walk out of here with unforgiveness in their heart. Or if you haven't figured out the seven signs of unforgiveness when you go home or tonight or somewhere in this week, you're praying to God, show me, reveal to me if this is something that I need to deal with. So the big question, big question is, <clears throat> how often do I forgive? Well, Old Testament was talking about forgiving three times. And then Peter came to Jesus, and, 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 and Peter was going to up, but as, as Peter does, impetuous Peter, he said, Lord, I'm willing to forgive seven. I mean, back then they forgave three, but I'll forgive seven. And G Jesus goes, uh-uh. No, how about 70 times seven? 490 times. And that's just the first day. And you get up tomorrow, and you start on your list again. Because here's what we have to understand. When you realize that Jesus delivered you from eternal death and torment, you need to release others unconditionally. Unconditionally. No strings attached. Lisa, I'm going to ask you to come this morning. Pastor Steve has a microphone for you. Would you come up and join me on the platform? And share with us what God has put on your heart today. So when we were, so when we were worshiping, I saw um, two links of a chain. It was a big, heavy chain, kind of like on a on a big ship or something. And there was a break in the one link. You could see one was whole, and one had almost come away. It was jagged, but it was like you could. You couldn't pull it out, and it was frustrating because um, it was just sitting there, and it was stuck. And I felt like, I know that feeling, and I felt like the Lord was saying to hand him the chain, because only he could break the chain. So I felt like, okay, the, the chain, released the chain into his hands, and in his hands it turned into gold. And all of a sudden, it just like turned into butterflies and flew away. So I really felt like, you know, he's the consuming fire, but he's the one that also releases it. Amen. Thank you. Would you stand with me this morning? So here's what I want us to do to close this message out. Are you ready? Visualizing the chain of unforgiveness. Elise had mentioned, I'm not trying to embellish what God has showed to her, but she said the chain was broken, but there was just a part of it that, that was not coming off. And you may not have a whole 490 numbers, names that you want to forgive, but there may be just be something there that's holding you back from forgiveness. And we're going to ask God today that as we hold the chain in front of him, that he's going to break it, that he's going to break it. Our part is this. I want you to say it with me. We're going to say it three times, 
and three simple words. Let it go. Ready? Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Father, we thank you this morning for your word that you bring clarity to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us into truth. We thank you for the freedom that we can walk in, that you have broken that chain of unforgiveness. We thank you that you've given us insight and that you have given us uh, a plan that we can practice forgiveness, that we are reminded of the debt that you paid for us and how can we not forgive others? In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you and have a great day.